Hey guys, you're listening to Tea Time with Tay, a podcast series where I sit down, like I have a choice, brew some tea, and then spill it. Let's start the show. This episode of Tea Time with Tay is brought to you by my company, Cup of Tay Luxury Loose Leaf Teas. Cup of Tay is a loose leaf tea company that gives back to mental health awareness causes and also delivers you the most amazing organic loose leaf teas on the market. It's my guarantee. We have the cutest packaging, very modern and looks amazing in everyone's kitchen, office, or makes for a very great gift. To check out Cup of Tay, head to www.cupoftay.com or look for the link in our description and it's at Cup of Tay Shop on Instagram. But enough about that and let's get right into the show. Hey guys, welcome back to another week of Tea Time with Tay. Thank you so much for being here because you could be listening to any and everything else. Uh, to start off the week, my tea of the week is a Noms Berry Delight iced tea, obviously courtesy of my own company, Cup of Tay. It's a delicious berry tea with raspberries and perfect for these hot, hot, hot days we have coming up. So check it out at www.cupoftay.com. But besides that, I have a very, I say this all the time. But I really mean it this time when I say a very special guest today because she is one of my oldest friends, not in age, but in amount of years. Definitely not in age. (laughs) We're both the same age, but in the amount of years that we've known each other, Madison Chieto. Hey, Maddie, how are you doing? (laughs) I'm very well. How are you? I am hot in the house and I'm in the house hot. It's really hot. And I'm sweating. Yeah. yeah. Maddie's is actually um, sitting out on her balcony right now. And she also has a very special guest who we are going to talk a lot about today. And his name is Mr. Noah. I mean, Noah, I would say say hi, but he is an infant. But to what we're going to talk about today, I was so excited to get you on the podcast because you have a very unique situation going on right now. Um, somebody might say, would you agree? Um, I think a lot of people are dealing with it right now, but it's definitely unusual. It's uh, not a situation I would have expected to see myself in. Yeah. For anyone who might be listening to this in the future, right now, we are in the middle of the great pandemic of COVID-19. And uh, the reason why I said that Madison was in an interesting circumstance, because looking back at this time, you're going to be able to share an experience that some people won't have. And that is being not only pregnant during quarantine, but giving birth in quarantine. And I definitely want to dive into all of that. So you have been a mom. I think on the last pod, I've had you on twice. On the first podcast, did you have Isla already? I think so. Were you pretty sure? Were you pregnant? The have I been on twice? It's your second time. So the first time, I think so. I think I think she was around. Well, you guys can go back and listen to that on the podcast. But um, Maddie was either a new mom or an expecting mom, and now Isla is just had her second birthday, right? 
Yeah. So from before we get into Mr. Noah, how was that journey for you being a first time? Like what has been your experience so far and the ups and downs with that and dealing with everything and work? Because I know you were working during that time as well. Being a first time mom? Um, I guess, well, I live in Toronto and I live, you know, in the, not quite downtown, but, you know. Um, and I think, hold on, the oddest, not the oddest thing for me, but in terms of the average mom age, I skew very young. Um, I've, I haven't even met a mom my age, to be honest. So, um, there's that. Yeah. I think that's kind of the only really different thing about, um, me, I think outside of the city, you'll find moms are a lot younger. Um, but here, the average age of, of people giving birth is like 30 or above. And I am 26 and I'm on my second kid. So I had my first kid at 24. Um, was not entirely prepared for that. And it's gone pretty well so far. I know, I remember all of us well. All of us just being like all of us friends are to be so shocked, excited, and just with you along the journey. Cause I think obviously you're the mother and obviously you went through the birth, but it was almost like we were taken on this ride with you. And it's been so insane seeing the journey of like watching her grow up and just seeing you mature in so many, not that you weren't mature, but just I guess half well. No matter where you start, when you have a child, you have to grow up a little. Yeah. At least a little. And I know that one of the things you were just touching on was the fact that being someone who might not have as many people and peers around you that are the same age having children, have you, how have you navigated that space of finding mom friends for anyone who might also be in that situation? It's hard. It's definitely, that's something that I struggle with. None of my friends, yourself included, are, mm-hmm. are you know, at least, especially when Isla, when I had Isla, were anywhere near uh, ready to have kids. So yeah. it's not, uh, it's not like anybody immediately around me was going through a similar experience. So I took a lot of classes and, you know, there's a lot of stuff in the city, mommy and baby yoga classes and Pilates classes. And now pre COVID-19, I had Isla in a lot of just little kid classes and stuff. And that's where you meet moms and even dads. It's funny. I, one of the first classes I took her to, uh, there was, it was when she was hitting 18 months. No, hitting a year. And the class actually had more dads than moms. Really? Yeah, and it's because it's because um, they started a new thing where you can take eighteen months of uh, parental leave, and oh. so a lot of moms would take the first twelve months, and then the dads would take the last six months. Oh, okay, so they kind of they kind of split it up between the two. Yeah, yeah, which I thought was super interesting. That's actually really good and an opportunity for the dads to do a lot of bonding. I don't know where people are listening from, but that's, I did not know that was a thing in Canada. I'm not sure if that's Canada wide or if that's Ontario 
I don't know, but uh, and how are the dads change the dynamic? Change the dynamic of the class for sure. <laughs> Can only imagine. Do they look lost? No, they they rocked it, and like they're you know it, instead of all the moms sitting around and like you know talking to the kids, they'd be like building, trying to build the tallest tower, and like overly just, competitive. I don't know. Yeah, just they. I don't know. It was, it was funny. I liked it. That's awesome. And uh, so in having her in classes and then all of a sudden, like the rest of the world, COVID-19 hits Toronto. And now you are stuck in the house with a just about to be two-year-old, your husband, and you are pregnant. When that shift automatically happened, when everything got shut down, how are those first couple of weeks? I know we've been in it for a couple of months now, I think, right? Yeah, it was, well, at first, like, it's weird because you definitely don't, nobody thought it was going to last as long as it lasted. Like, you know, they were putting out the emergency orders as, like, a 30-day thing, and then they just keep extending it and keep extending it. So I don't think we thought of it as going to be as long-term as it has been. Um, But once that reality started hitting, it was, it's mostly brutal for Isla because she doesn't yeah. get it. Like, you know, I know what's going on and it's like, okay, it's going to be over at some point. I'm sure it'll be fine. But she just got yanked out of all her classes. She hasn't seen another child in like 60 days or however long this has been going on. So it's definitely weird for her. She's not really able to see Chris, my husband's parents, who she was seeing multiple times per week, and they lived down the street from us. We, we, uh, I, I did do spend time at my parents' house with, uh, with them. We, we needed them to, uh, watch Isla while I actually gave birth to Noah. So we had to make sure that she was okay being over there. Um, so that's been helpful because they at least have a backyard. I live in a high rise. Um, and yeah, it's, I, I think to be honest, I'm, I'm a pretty big homebody to begin with. Same. Um, so I'm not being quarantined at home and being able to go out for a walk once a day is not the worst thing in the world to me, but, uh, doing that with a two year old and now with a, a newborn as well is pretty exhausting. I'll say. I know a lot of our Choose my words wisely. A lot of our conversations have been about just, you know, we obviously all of us in the group in the circle check in on you. We we have our Zoom chats when we can, but the one consistent thing is even saying is exhaustion. And I can't even oh imagine God. for all of the parents out there who are have gone from having their kids in a structured weekly routine to now everyone being always at home like I just how's Chris handling it he's okay he was working from home for a little bit and that we live in a two-bedroom apartment with no outdoor space besides a little balcony and that did not work Isla cannot separate you know working dad from home dad so He's working in an isolated space now, but not at home. So that's, that's better for him, but it's, it's, my days are a lot. And what do your days typically look like with the two of them? Well, Noah's 
okay at night. He'll, but he's been getting up at about five and doesn't really go back down until around seven, which is when Isla wakes up. So then she gets up and then we do our morning stuff and Chris goes to work and it really depends on how nice it is outside. If it's nice out, then we try to get out sometime in the morning before it gets super crowded. Yeah. We live near a big park, which has been closed, not closed. Things are open, things are not open. So it's open now and it awesome. seems to be pretty good. Hopefully nothing like Community um, Bellwoods where they had like a thousand no, people God, at no. this weekend. It was insane, those videos. That was insane, no. But I, I live near Hyde Park and that's uh, it's a it's an extremely large park. So there's actually a lot of room to distance from people and they've keep, been keeping cars out of it on the weekend. So that's been nice because there's a lot of space. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's definitely like, I ran out of activities weeks ago, so <laughs> she, she watches a lot more TV than I would usually let her watch. Um, she knows what YouTube is. She can find it on any phone. That's um, amazing. I'm and Peppa I'll Pigged out. I'm Paw Patrolled out. Hey. Um, but I've been I've been getting her onto a lot of old old uh, Disney movies. Which Lion King? Yeah, which yeah. Oh, I'm Lion Kinged out too. No, you watch a lot of Lion King. I love the Lion King, but I watched it like 500 times. Ah, gets old. She have another favorite from our era. Yeah, so she's Lion King one, Lion King two. She likes Little Mermaid and Finding Nemo. Classic. Which I love Finding Nemo. Yeah. And with Isla, I know, like, again, I keep thinking about her experiences because before COVID and before the end of your pregnancy, you were still working and you were able to luckily travel with that. And for most of the people I can imagine who are listening to this know what show you're on and all of that stuff. But for those who don't, Madison is an incredible actress. I feel very blessed to call her one of my closest friends. And the show that she currently is on all the time is Heartland. And so can you speak to the experience? Because um, we actually sent out a few listener questions uh, asking about how you are. And one of the main things was they just wanted to know how you're doing and how it was like, or if you were even pregnant while shooting, I think, what season was the last one? Um, okay, the last one we shot was 13, and I got pregnant in July, so I must have, wait, I must have been pregnant just at the end. Just at the end of shooting. Yeah, I think I remember yeah. you saying, like, it was really good timing that everything Yeah, happened. yeah. Yeah. Even the first time was very good timing. I, I was pregnant for maybe like two or three episodes the last time I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. And what was the response of, because obviously being on a show, being very recognizable in that sense, and the fans of the show love you, what was the response or did you even have to tell the team that what was going on at the time or were you able to just kind of hide it for, because the season was almost over? Well, I didn't, I, I think it's pretty, uh, pretty standard to not really talk about it 
the first 12 weeks just because mm-hmm. there's a pretty high percentage, uh, there's a pretty high rate of miscarriage among people. So For sure. um, most people just don't say anything. Plus, you're not going to start showing then anyway. Um, but after that, I, I shared it just because I wanted to and I, I felt, I don't know, I just felt like it would be a good idea. Um, but I, w- I, I mean, I could have gotten away with it because I didn't really show in any meaningful way until uh, that season was finished shooting. Yeah, I think one of the, I think that's awesome that it lined up with that because I know that's something very tricky and I know your character is someone who, what is it, a bronc, I'm horrible, a bronker, a bronco? A bronc rider? rider. <laughs> Can you say what that yeah, is people who yeah. don't know? Because I did not say what a bronc rider is. Yeah, it's a a a a person who rides broncs, which are horses that buck, kind of like um, kind of like bulls. It's kind of like bull riding, but with a horse. You like try to stay on. Another thing people kept asking was, "Do you do your own stunts, Madison Chita? Are you allowed to reveal?" No. Oh my (laughs) God, no. Those. I you couldn't pay me enough money to get on one of those things. Do you get on any of the horses or is it always? No, we get on. So they'll have me in the chute on a regular horse that looks like the bronc horse. And then they get the stunt double to come on, on the real bronc and okay. do everything. And wait, I don't want to get things wrong, but was your, um, what's it called? Stunt double a man at one point? There have been men, yes. <laughs> it has happened. Is that normal? Because you look very feminine. Depending. You know what? The first episode of Heartland that I was ever on, I, uh, I was supposed to drive Grandpa Jack's truck and crash it. And I was with Georgie, who's played by uh, Alicia. Mm-hmm. And our stunt doubles were a man and a boy. <laughs> I'm sure I love that. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't see them through the, the windows, but they still had to wear our costumes. They still had to wear wigs and like have their nails painted and everything. And I, no. I was in the makeup That's trailer. The and uh, sorry, yeah, because my nails are always painted on the show. Alicia's aren't, but mine are. And uh, it was my first day. I was I stepped up to the hair and makeup trailer. I was like wearing wardrobe and everything. And I turn around, and this man walks in wearing my exact <laughs> wardrobe, all my jewelry, and a wig. And I was like, "What the? Who is this? Like, what the heck is going on over there?" Yeah. Oh, so that was funny. A little behind the scenes magic of the Heartland set. And I think one of the things that really I loved. I know you say I say this all the time, but like I loved this for you was the fact that the show seemed to be quite accommodating of the fact that at the time you had Isla and were traveling with her. How yeah, was that yeah. being like a mom and getting back to work? Because you went back to work very fast. Yes. Well, and it, you know, let's be uh, transparent. The very part-time work. Not I was not working like I was not working nine to five Monday to Friday or anything but it was trips to Calgary and and it was funny because the first the the year that I went back with Isla um that's the year that they they called me up and were like okay we're gonna do a a web series starring your character for we're gonna shoot for 
like 14 days in a row or whatever it was. Yeah. So it was the most intense shoot that I had ever come back to shooting this web series Hudson. Um, and that with, I, I brought my sister with me and the baby and, and it all worked out very well, but, um, a lot of it was, it was, it was a lot to come back to right after having a baby. Mm-hmm. And being that you are an actress when you do say like it is work where sometimes you'll work for 14 days and then obviously they record the edit and then you wait weeks, months to see it happen on TV. So I know during this time when you were pregnant, you, I guess, had the, were lucky enough to be able to be off during your pregnancy for the entire pregnancy this time, pretty much. Uh, with Noah? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I, I'm pretty sure I might have had a, like two or three days on set where I was literally pregnant, but like very, very early. It would have been before I even confirmed that I was pregnant. Okay. And then fast forward to coming back to present day, Noah is, how old is Noah now at the time of this recording? Noah is nearly six weeks. I think it'll be six weeks on Thursday. Oh, I know you guys can't see it, but you can head over to Madison's Instagram, which will all be in the description. He's like the cutest little chunky little boy. He's so precious. He's so fat. (laughs) He's gained so much weight. It's absurd. He has a cute little baby like rolls that I just everyone wants to squeeze. But I'm so excited about it though because Isla was so skinny and like that was cute or whatever but he is so he's the chunky baby doughy just chunk chunk chunk. Yeah I know we were talking about the fact that uh, Isla and Noah turned out so incredibly different. Isla had no hair. (laughs) Really really underweight at first and Noah came out with like luscious hair and yeah full head (laughs) and before COVID hit you're I don't know if you want to speak on it but you had plans to not necessarily even have a traditional birth in the first place right well I plan to have a home birth uh it's not as common as you think like maybe actually no you tell me why am I saying that to a mom I don't know how much how common it is but it's it's definitely a, a much smaller percentage than hospital births for sure um and why was that why did you want to do that um because after because i so my last birth i wanted to do at the birth center which uh i, I think a lot of different cities or provinces have birth centers mm-hmm. where uh you can go and it's uh, your your midwife comes with you there's no doctors there yeah um they have a couple they have like laughing gas and stuff but there's you can't get an epidural or like a c-section or anything um and i wanted to do that because i am terrified of needles and i didn't want a needle i didn't That's want an epidural uh, my first birth did not go as planned and and uh i don't know who wants all the gory details to that but I ended up having to deliver at the hospital and get an epidural Mm -hmm. and the biggest thing that I think my biggest mistake was moving too much after I had the baby at the hospitals they kick you out after like three hours unless you have any issues so I was out of there and like things 
yeah, things were, were rocky at the beginning of that labor, but by the end of it, I had the epidural and, you know, she basically just popped out and <laughs> because I had an epidural, I didn't feel anything. And I was like, Oh my God, this is totally fine. Um, but I really wanted to have a home birth because I really wanted to just give birth and then not move. Ah, and just not have to get out of the bed. Like, you know, when I had Isla, it was, uh, it was a snowstorm outside and you had to get out, you had to wrap the baby up in a million clothes, put it in the car seat, so put her in the car, drive home. And like, it's not a huge deal, but um, just, I don't know, the last thing to me as a personal choice, the last thing I want to do after I have a baby, especially if you do it unmedicated, which you have to do if you do it at home, oh, uh, no, is never. the last thing I want to do is get up and get in the car. Yeah. So but this oh plus it's just like it's nice because you you just get to do that in your own space and you, you everything you you can have it exactly how you want it. And in the in times where there's no global pandemic, you could have whoever you want there, you could have your family there, you could have you, you know, your food and what whatever type of situation that you want. Yeah, whatever that's not how it happened in the pandemic, but it just it's nice to be able to create your own space and that would be my next leading into is I know you said like there's those creature comforts that you do have in your home and all of that stuff but with COVID hitting what in your plan if it was detailed changed and like how many people would you have wanted to have there and how many people actually ended up being able to be there for you during what I can only imagine was a crazy few hours childbirth is no joke taylor i'll tell you that i do i'll leave it there but uh yeah the biggest that that was the biggest uh disappointment or and it was fine and everything but you could only have one support person so if that was your husband then that's your husband some people have doulas or birth photographers and whatever and i didn't i didn't uh plan to have any of that but i did tell my mom and sister that they could have been in the apartment not in the room but in the apartment mm -hmm. while it was happening so it was disappointing definitely for them not to be there um and then I you know when I had Isla everyone was at the hospital and it was just it was nice to have everyone around I Chris's parents lived down the street so our initial plan was that when I was going into labor whoever wanted to come could come and wait it out there and then come and meet the new baby and yeah. by whoever I mean like our immediate family um and it would have been nice because it would have been just in our home and not a huge deal um but because of COVID-19 uh we were not seeing Chris's parents they're well one of them is over 70 so in the kind of higher risk category for sure so and that's where Isla would have waited but because that couldn't happen she went to my parents house which is just a much further drive away which again not a huge deal and like we had the support of my family um and everything was fine but you know the birth of a child to me is such a such a cause for celebration and if you are able to and you didn't have like the worst birth in the world and like you want to see people then it's nice to have people around to show your baby to I don't know yeah and I know I'm not family but as a friend it's been so it's been so hard and different because I feel like we saw 
ILS so soon after everything. But now with Noah, I've only seen him for the last six weeks through this, what we're doing. And I do see him changing and stuff. I like selfishly. I just wish obviously things were different, but I know that you are doing obviously what you need to do to keep everyone safe and yeah see that's one thing one like um when I had Isla there we we had so much family around and everyone came to visit whatever and I would pass I I would pass her around to everyone because I was like I want her to be able to be comfortable in like whoever's arms so that I can Mm -hmm. leave her when I need to leave her with whoever um and Noah has only seen my very immediate family, my mom, my brother and sister, and Chris, like those are the only people who held him. Mm-hmm. So, and he's become quite the stage five clinger. <laughs> so I don't know. I like, I wish he was being passed around to more people, obviously not while there's all these germs going around, but Just in uh, normal times. Yeah. Have you had the opportunity or has it crossed your mind what challenges Noah might face having not been around as many people as a child typically would be exposed to um, in this time. I know it's good to build up germs, but do you think he's going to be okay? Is that a concern? I mean, I, I think he'll be fine. And we'll, we'll see how long this lasts. I'm honestly much more concerned about Isla than I am about him because she's in her like very developmental stages and yeah. she's, just was starting to share nicely with other kids and (laughs) and like you know kids go through stages when they're really little they like they'll play next to each other but they don't really play with each other yeah and I think she was just starting to reach the stage where she would like you know be actually interacting with other little kids Mm -hmm. and then it all just in one day got cut right off like it went from I we signed her up for these soccer classes and we went for one day and then nothing haven't been able to go since. And she was in a dance class like two days before we shut, we like decided to quarantine. Yeah. Oh. And uh, yeah, it's, it's for, it's definitely by far the worst for her of everybody. Yeah. And I, in knowing what you're going through and obviously what I'll be titling this episode of, being either pregnant in quarantine or giving birth in quarantine, uh, it'll attract a lot of moms. And so to any mom out there and or any mom who's listening, just have to be pregnant, what piece of advice if they were new or just need to hear someone else hear their own sentiments, what would be your biggest piece of advice for moms who are stuck in the house with their children? Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know. Just get outside if you can. Uh, if you are lucky enough to have a backyard, bless you and enjoy that. And if not, I don't know. I, I just taking them outside once a day. I think mean, little opportunities for yeah. your mind. Yeah. And just, I think you like, you got to relax some of the rules that you would might have in place. Like, you know, she's not, she's, I let her have treats. I let her watch more TV than I otherwise would. And, mm-hmm. you know, you just try your very best to remain calm, super hard. But if that's, that's the biggest piece of advice I would give to any mom under any circumstance. 
try to remain calm. So it's like, if you can remain calm, it will always work out better. Mm-hmm. And I think but it's the, the most, good, sorry. it's the most difficult piece of advice to follow. I, yeah, especially in these circumstances. I think something else you said the other day when we were talking with the group, um, that really might resonate with someone is you said being a mom, like you're just kind of learning as you go and you just kind of making it up, not making it up as you go, but you're just, don't be afraid if you don't know everything because you are for sure making it up as you go along, <laughs> but you just have to pretend so to your bad. children that, <laughs> but I'm it's like, true. It an experiment. Well, life is just one giant experiment. What is like, true? You just have to give the the air that you have some sort of qualification. Your children will just assume that. They'll assume that you know what you're doing. That's so- yeah. They children just think that adults are like qualified in some way to parent, but anybody can be a parent. For sure. Now, before we're gonna head into the last segment of the podcast, where I'm going to shoot up you rapid questions because your fans had some questions for you and I think it'd be really cool if they got to hear answered from the lady the herself so Shakina.Lawrence asked are you planning on homeschooling or regular schooling your kids and why oh I'll definitely regular school my children um you know what I'm <laughs> I'm already living for the for the day when both children go to school for six hours a day that's amazing that's very honest <laughs> um, um that will be nice Chris Clark 98 asks will you be returning to Heartland um if if they're if they go again and if they'll have me for sure um it's I've been hearing different things and I don't, I don't know I'm definitely not supposed to be divulging anything but yeah. I think uh this COVID-19 has uh, definitely impacted things. So I'm still waiting to hear what's going on. I don't even know, to be honest. Okay. That's the hush hush for now. Indiana County Girl 04 asks, on a scale of 1 to 10, how amazing and what is it like working with the cast on Heartland? Uh, I guess I would have to say, I don't know, 10 out of 10. Like, they're... I, uh, it's, it's lovely. It's full of, uh, people that I, that I really like and that I really enjoy working with. And I've been working with them for a number of years now. So it's, uh, it's interesting getting to watch people grow as people and as performers. And I learn a lot by watching certain people and yeah, I, I, that, that's the, the best part about about working on that show is is the people I work with. Yeah, and I know you're, like, you're actually friends with a lot of the people too, like outside of the show too, so it's pretty cool that you get to do that. For sure. Um, somebody at Emily Chadwick 12 asked, why aren't you verified? And I have the same question. We need to get Instagram and Twitter to be on that. Um, somebody said- Yeah, put in a word. Alicia King 13 asked, do you get fan mail? Okay. I've gotten a couple of things here and there. Do you, is there a place like a PO box where people can send you some? Or is that like through Heartland mainly? I don't have one, but things have been sent to my agent before. Things have been sent to Heartland. There's, I think there's an address that you can find on, I don't know, somewhere online that, uh, 
things get to me. Okay. Well, well, I don't uh, really know how that works, but I'm definitely not just going to throw my real address out here, but I don't have a PO box. No. Okay. I'm going to throw out two more rapid questions. Werner under JVR, I'm sorry, Werner underscore JVR19 asks, if you could have lunch with anyone present or a historical figure, who and why besides me, Taylor? Oh my God. That, uh, I'm not good at coming up with these kind of things. Um, Oh, you know who I would want to have lunch with? Who? Steve Carell. Um, you know what? That is such an amazing answer. I just think he is the greatest comedic actor of our time. He's incredible. And, and I know specifically we, for The Office. And I know we definitely bond, yeah, over The Office. So that's an incredible answer. And the last question that I'm going to get it from me would be, looking towards the future, do you see yourself jumping back into acting or do you see yourself taking a different role in the it's still in the media but what are your what do you think coming forward well I I love acting and I it's not something that I want to stop doing but it it is uh I definitely think it's there's a lot of um challenges specifically with acting um with children Mm, so but that that being said, I I am really interested in in other aspects of film. I've actually been writing something that I would like to um, produce and direct and and create. My brother's a filmmaker, so I've been working with him on it, and I've talked to you quite a bit about it as well. I, I do. You know, I know what it about. is, mm-hmm. and I would like you to be involved in it um so that's something i'm i've been talking about doing this for years and years but now like since quarantine happened and everything i had a lot of time so i've been actively writing and doing lots of rewrites and shopping it around a little bit and it's something i would seriously like to do um so i think that's we'll see how things go i think that could be a really cool pivot i think uh again just as a friend i it's been so cool seeing your journey just from knowing you since you were five to now being 26 and a mother of two beautiful babies and i'm just like so proud of you for being not only a mom but a boss mom and an actress and just everything you've accomplished so i really embarrassing me no oh my gosh we give each other so much grief when we're not in these circumstances but wholeheartedly you obviously know i love you to death so i really appreciate you maddie being on here and if anyone who isn't already which i can't imagine but isn't already following you where can they find you on social media so they can see your beautiful babies and life and follow your journey um i think everything is madison.chiatow instagram and twitter that's what i have it's c-h-e-e-a-t-o-w that took me years as a child to master (laughs) so easy it's not easy chiata are you kidding but i'll leave it also in the description of this podcast um but yeah so maddie thank you again so much for being on here and thank you all for listening wherever you are in this world i hope you're staying safe and healthy and i'll see you on the next one bye bye Once again, thank you so much for listening. This episode was brought to you by my company, Cup of Tay Luxury Loose Leaf Teas. It is the most amazing, delicious, organic teas on the market. We have green teas, black teas, white teas, 
dessert teas, everything that you could want in one place. Head over to cupoftea.com, that's C-U-P-O-F-T-E.com, or at Cup of Tea Shop on Instagram and all other social media handles. The link is also in the description. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Okay, ladies, now let's get information.